You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's up? Welcome back to Clapback Culture. This is your girl, Jules Jesse, alongside my co-host, JC. What's up? Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New You. Literally. New little you. Happy. <laughs> I know. I know. I threw some lashes on today and I said, whoo, okay. <laughs> you, you feeling like myself right now, again. Yeah, you glowing Listen, right now, Listen, I was, I was feeling like big mama like the last two weeks, so... Now I'm feeling more like myself. Um, so as you guys may or may not know, if you don't follow me on social media, which you should, you guys, you know, I finally had the baby. And um, Cairo, my baby boy, was born on Christmas Day of all days. Uh, so I did not get to do the traditional Christmas, but I did birth a Christmas miracle. Um, as you can see, I still have my uh, tree in the background. We still have a couple more gifts we want to open. So won't be taking that down until the end of the week. But JC, I have a video I want to share with our audience. Um, we can just go ahead and share the video, then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. You guys can see all about my birth experience. Sound was weird. Excuse the wale. Um, um I didn't mind it actually. <laughs> I, I was like, I thought it was. I thought I thought it was on purpose. I didn't really. Um, I have no, 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 no. I got questions. Uh-uh. What, okay, so questions. When you was okay, because you was like you was chilling. I'm assuming the baby was crowning when you 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 didn't look like you was in pain at all. But you you hit the epidural. What's going on? You know, I, um, so I had a really unique birth experience. I, um, labored at home for 12 hours, um, before I decided to go into the hospital. So I actually started labor on Christmas Eve. Um, and then I was thinking, well, maybe the baby won't come. Maybe it'll stop this, that, and the third. Well, it didn't stop. Um, and so (laughs) it didn't stop. And then, so the Christmas afternoon, my contractions were like really intense and they were coming like every minute. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I should go to the hospital now. Um, and that was really, that was really my goal was to do a lot at home because I wanted to be in a more relaxed environment. Um, I wanted to be able to just kind of, you know, have my own smells, be in my comfort zone, be in my room, you know, take a shower if I wanted to have some food. Because when you get to the hospital, what happens, and especially um, with, uh, you know, with women who don't have like this, you know, great care, this great coverage, is the hospitals have like a 24 hour window. And so what they want you to do is once you get in there, the clock starts. And so they're going to be hooking you on monitors. And if you don't get that baby out in 24 hours, they're going to induce you and they induce you with um, a medication called Pitocin. And again, there's I'm not I'm not saying anything's wrong with those things. But I'm saying that just wasn't the experience that I wanted. So I didn't want my clock to start right away. Um, And so I stayed at home 
um, and just labored at home. I actually opened gifts with the family. Um, Rodney like carried me down here on the couch and we were just, I had my niece, you know, tracking my contractions and we were opening gifts. And I know I was making my mom so anxious and she was like, let's go, let's hurry up and go. Mm -hmm. So we finally get to the hospital and um, look at Cairo. He wants to be a part of the show right. tonight. <laughs> when we get to the hospital, it's like 345. And I'm going to be honest with you. My plan was never to get an epidural. Uh, but one thing I can tell you, child, <laughs> that, that, pain, that pain is next level. It's next level. Um, and I, I remember looking over at Rodney and asking him for, 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 for permission. And I was like, I really need that epidural. And he was like, go ahead, get it. Like, you know, because I really wanted to be coached to stick to my plan and kind of, you know, I had this idea of what I want, wanted the experience to be like, but listen, baby, that baby. natural thing for me. And it, it might not be everybody. So I got it around probably four, like maybe 30, 40 minutes after I got there. Cause it was just the intensity of my contractions was too, just too long. Takes about 45 minutes to kick in. By the time I was ready to push, they were still getting the medication together. Like they were still getting ready to give me that epidural. But I was like, I ain't gonna tell nobody cause I need this medication. Um, so I got it. And by the time I was ready to push, I mean, it doesn't make you completely numb or you can't feel anything, um, but it just takes that edge off. Um, so you can be more present. Um, and I was a lot more present present um, in the moment. I was able to push them out in 20 minutes. So which is record timing, um, I heard, because it takes some women hours. But I'm telling you, JC, I was keeping in the gym and working on those core muscles, baby. And yeah, they're my mother, all of them. My mother, um, my, I was two weeks late. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> when she you went to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, they actually made her do a C-section because she was tired of being in labor. Mm -hmm. And um, they was like you said, it's just like, hey, you know, because the doctor actually wanted to wait a little bit more. And I said the same thing. I was like, I was chilling. Like, I was cool. And she was like, no, but you needed to leave. Like, I was I was done. <laughs> so, like, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, so I, I had Cairo two weeks early. And so it was one of those situations where I think I just worked, worked myself into labor. Um, you know, I was the day before I had, you know, I went and got my hair braided. I went to the grocery store. I went to Target. I picked my mom up from the airport. Like it was a lot. I went out to lunch, like while I'm having contractions. And I was like, well, maybe it'll stop. Maybe it won't. Um, but shout out to Georgetown Hospital, University Hospital. The care that I received there was optimal. Um, okay. I it also, Kyra was the only baby born on Christmas Day in the labor oh. and delivery wing. So that was really special. Uh, so I had three physicians and two nurses. I mean, three physicians and three nurses in the hospital room, all kind of helping coach me. I don't know if I'll get such a great experience the next time Again, I have a baby. Yeah. You was just fortunate yeah. to like roll up when everybody was doing training and all types of everything else. Like no, and it was all day. our Jewish brother and sisters too, because they were all they all joked, and we were like, "Why are you guys here on Christmas?" They were like, "Oh, because we're the Jews." It was so cute because <laughs> <laughs> we don't celebrate Christmas. So it was, I mean, it was a beautiful, beautiful team of people. Um, and man, I just I'm still in shock of like just how how the whole process went but yeah i'm up out and about moving and grooving back right, that's what i'm like, looking at you when i called you earlier you was like yeah i'm watching this i'm like but you just had a baby okay. yeah i mean maybe i don't <laughs> clearly i don't i mean you know i can't i can only relate so i can't relate at all so like i, I, just, <laughs> I, I don't have anything to relate it to so there's that part you guys but okay. thank you so much um everybody who's watching who gave me their well wishes um i really appreciate that you guys because listen it this ain't it ain't no feat this ain't no joke it, it really ain't no joke those it's not no joke. I'll just say that. But um, <laughs> I do just, appreciate I'm, the well wishes. 
it's just crazy to me. Like my mom actually broke down. Like I didn't understand what, cause you know, man, I didn't understand exactly what contractions were. Like I thought like contractions immediately led to labor. And she was like, no, you oh. can dilate and have contractions for hours, days, weeks, however long, like it, it doesn't automatically lead to the baby being pops. And I was like, oh, cause I, in my mind, I'm like water break contractions, birth. And they're like, nah, and it doesn't happen in that order for some oh. some people. Like mine was contractions, epidural, water break, labor. Oh, so your water didn't break until in? Did they break your water? Nope, my water broke naturally. Oh wow. Yep. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You was yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he was ready to come out. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> yeah, he was ready. Style working conditions. <laughs> Listen. I, you know, I did a lot of jogging in the summer while I was pregnant um, and everybody was like, that baby is going to come out shooting out. And that's exactly what he did. So listen, everybody's pregnancy journey is different. Um, so Queens, however you decide to do it, do it your way. Listen to your body. Be intentional um, with making the decisions that you want for your body. Another thing. This is the last thing I am going to throw a little bit of shade. I did have a doula the whole time. Okay. And she did not answer the phone. She did not text me back. She did not show up to the hospital. And JC, do you know she called me today? Or yes, she called me yesterday and hit That's me with the, hey, girl, I know we're getting close to the time that you're supposed to have a baby. Like she didn't know I already had the baby. <laughs> she even you, told me like, it was, it was such a mess. Or like what? How does it work? Well, yeah, insurance paid for the services, so okay. there's that. Okay. Well, well, there's that. Oh, Cairo, Cairo, acting up, man. Yeah, come on, Cairo. <laughs> the first, mommy, first show back. Don't be a hater. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, let's move on to a new topic. Listen, this is this is an odd changeover, but we're gonna go with it. Uh, there's a new law in Louisiana, if you're feeling frisky, um, that will require ID verification to access adult websites. It's really uh, kind of a, not, I wouldn't say a mess, but the goal of this, and I'm just going to pull my notes up here, launched the video. There we go. Um, the goal of this law, which has been dubbed Act 440, officially went into effect on the first of this year. And it's centered on protecting people under the age of 18 from commercial entities who distribute material harmful to minors, i.e. pornography. So if you want to get to Pornhub.com, you are going to have to pass an ID verification system, an age verification system before you um, are able to transact on that site. JC, <laughs> we have some responses from Twitter we're going to tap into. But before we do that, I want to know, what are your thoughts on this? So uh, my first initial thought is considering the fact that you just had a baby, us talking about Pornhub ain't really like a, it, it's a, it's a, it's an appropriate segue. Like, you know, you know how babies are made. So that's first thing. Second thing, um, okay. like, <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I should have did that. We're all adults here. Right. <laughs> um, I guess the second thing is, um, like, are they going to ask you to, like, hold up a picture of your license to the camera? Like, how does this, what's, how, what's the nope. extent of this So I, I saw a, um, a screen record um, that someone posted on Twitter. And literally, it's just like an ID verification system. So you're going to put in your your name, your date of birth, and okay. the barcode on your um, ID. Oh, wow. That's a lot of information just wow. to... <laughs> John Jupiter <laughs> Listen, so here, let's put up the Twitter reactions. <laughs> Go ahead and throw those up for us. So Twitter, of course, I love this. Um, Twitter, of course, has a lot to say about this. Uh, Chelsea says, of all the wrong things going on in Louisiana right now, like education funding, rising cost of living, et cetera, et cetera, lawmakers are worried about porn. 
Well, another Twitter uh, user is coming at uh, Governor Abbott saying that they want the law to be implemented there in Texas. Someone can sue on behalf of their child is, is a part of the law to protect the juveniles. Um, and then there is someone who's saying that, uh, listen, this is really going to affect trans women, sex workers, as usual, who will be the most affected by this. Um, and I would probably argue with that being truthful. Um, and then lastly, someone saying, change my IP address to Italy. And, and there's a little meme of them getting it in. So one, I think that's hilarious because in order to bypass this law, all you need is a VPN that's not. Right. That's what I was about to say. Down so ExpressVPN. I use watching. it all the time. Yep. ExpressVPN. I use it all the time. There you go. Boom. Please. We'll, we'll drop a good link down there in our social media if you guys need it. If you're watching from Louisiana, you need to get around this law. Yeah. Just get a VPN. Get a VPN. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I'm not putting in my, my, first of all, it's a little, you want to be anonymous, right? Like you want to be able to just access this site. I think it would be, you know, if you want to go to like, let's say you want to look at like Heineken, you want to go to Heineken.com. Right. If you go to Heineken.com, you're going to have to put in some type of age verification system. Right. Which Except is what I thought this was going to be. But this is no, a little they bit want, more. They want your license. So I think, and, and uh, I couldn't, Cuddy, can you bring back up that last comment? Uh, from I think her name was Carolyn. Yes, this is a good point. Like, how about if, if you really want to protect children, how about you make gun law stricter? If you really want to protect children, <laughs> how about you like, reinstate the child welfare credit if you really want to protect children, there are so many things that you could do that this this doesn't actually it doesn't make sense and then the other thing i'm thinking is the positive to this is what if what if governor abbott is the one that gets caught up by his own law right like you remember how samuel mm. L. jackson on his birthday was liking porn tweets and everybody was like yo we can see your likes like what if that had like because again data oh. collection is in my brain so it's like you're collecting date like where is this information going louisiana the what, what's, what's happening with this information like because you just don't institute a law like this and be like oh it's to protect kids like no it's not you what do you, what's, what's what's the data there's a there there and i want to know where the data is going so those are my three points i'm just like nah great points um great points and actually i i didn't even think about that because i was looking at the humor and all of this but you're right in saying that this is far from the direction of uh protecting juveniles or young adults um in, in the matter it's like i can i can protect my kids from pornography right like right. i can put something on their device that says they can't go to these right. websites. So as a parent, I can have oversight on that. Uh, to your point, I think you bring up something so valid. And one of the Twitter users kind of reacted this way as well and saying like, there's so many things going on in Louisiana, like rising cost of living and the lack of you know good education. Why are we not having right. more emphasis on you know kind of those things um, you know, in, in working on that legislative side of the government right. to say, is there right. funding for our schools? Right. Is there, you know, can moms get jobs? You know what I'm saying? Is there Something. lower like cost of math? Access the math to ain't health The math ain't mathing. The math ain't No, it's not. <laughs> the math and, you know, they're, they're, what they're, the law is supposed to, the law states that they're not to uh, main the, the the third party, the commercial entities are not allowed to maintain your information. And if they get caught, then they'll be held responsible. But I'm like, if you get Ooh, caught, right, you think, who is, who is absolutely that? wants to track your information. Right. And like any website would want to track your information. They want to know what are you interested in so that they can create more content around uh, the things that you want to see. So Interesting law here, you guys. If more comes also, out about that, how does oh, that affect OnlyFans? That's because OnlyFans isn't specifically a porn site. So, like, Not when we talk about yeah. sex, right? So, when we talk about, well, it was never specifically designed for porn. People just took it and used it as, as that way. But it's like, okay, so OnlyFans is not technically a porn site. 
So how True. do you like how do I it's if I'm a sex worker, right? If I'm a OnlyFans performer or if I'm somebody that's trying to, you know, like indulge in the content, like how do sites that operate in the gray, like how does that work? Just like Tumblr, just like anything else, like just like Twitter, even Twitter is not a porn site, but I don't know anybody who don't have a free Twitter. So I'm just trying to figure out like how do how do these things how does it all what's the what's the there's way? a small stipulation that says like 33.1% of the website has to be pornography based so and then that's such a random percentage like who like who who's val- who's doing the evaluation to determine like 33.1% of the website is pornographic so interesting to say the least yeah I know, I know one state that's not going to pick this up, and that's Florida. So Florida's saying, "Yeah, right." I bet that's not going to happen. But so. they should, though. Should Florida they? Should pick up, Florida should pick up a lot of stuff. Mainly, it's damn on because it leaves it everywhere. So, like, I'm just saying, like, just... shout out to Florida. <laughs> okay, so you know, I love, I love law. Um, and a new break in the case in the Idaho murder suspect has been arrested. Brian Kohlberger, you guys, I don't know if you guys have been watching this like me, but he has been arrested and charged with uh, the murders of the four young adults at Idaho State University. Let's take a look. First, Satan, major developments in the murder of four Idaho college students, including one from here in Arizona. Police arresting a 28-year-old graduate student in Pennsylvania suspected of killing the roommates as they slept. ABC 15's Amelia Fabiano joins us with reaction from the victims' families and what led police to that suspected killer. Investigators say a tip led them more than 2,500 miles across the country, making that arrest early this morning. It's not yet known, though, what led them to that suspect or why police think he did it. Under state law, the criminal affidavit is under seal until the suspect's first court appearance back in Idaho. 28-year-old Brian Kohlberger, now in police custody, facing four counts of first-degree murder, as well as felony burglary and the brutal killings of four University of Idaho students. I think it'll be a massive exhale for a lot of people. Back in November, roommates Kaylee Gonsalves, Madison Mogan, Zana Kernanel, and Zana's boyfriend, Ethan Chapin, were all discovered inside a house off campus, stabbed to death. Well, I am glad to see that there is a break in this case. It's been a bit difficult for me to kind of keep track of that, to see um, how law enforcement was able to kind of um, narrow this down. But it seems as if, one, that there is DNA found on a knife that was left at the scene um, that's allegedly the murder weapon. Um, and they were able to kind of narrow in on that white Hyundai Elantra uh and you know from surveillance videos to see that not a lot of cars are going in and out of that neighborhood during that time of day um and they were able to kind of narrow that down and find the driver there with the license plate number so great break in the case we still don't have a motive i am looking forward to hearing more of a motive what are your guys' thoughts on this case it is just so bizarre another thing uh jc if you don't know he actually was a student at wazoo in right, Coleman, Washington, mm-hmm. you saw that, and he has a PhD. He's an active professor at the school, um, and he's also studying criminology. So he took I this class to learn all about serial killers, only to turn out to be a serial killer. I so I was reading uh, an interesting part in the story is um, the roommate that survived. Uh, they. She, he or she, I'm not sure if it was a male or female, but they gave a um, statement saying that they actually saw the person. Well, they heard commotion and then they opened the door, heard the commotion, closed the door, opened the door again. And he literally walked right past them and exited the house. Um, I I was like, I still don't. Something about that still doesn't. Like, I don't like that's weird, but I don't like I'm trying to figure out like what's the like there's a there there. And I don't know, like either he I'm, I don't know, like that part of the story really stands out to me just because it's like if I just killed four people, wouldn't I kill the other two? Like, I don't that. Like I said, it just stands that 
particular part stood out to me. Like, it really was like, okay, wait a second. Like, something is still kind of, I don't know. So that's the part that interested me. But I am happy that they have some leads in the case. Um, I hope everything they have sticks. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out, like, what is that? Even if you're the other person, like, what is that like? Like, you hear a commotion in the other room. The guy's like, don't worry, you're going to be okay. A loud thud, a dark barks. And then he literally comes out of the room that he just killed your home, your your friends in, and literally walks past you. Like, I don't... And then, <laughs> you know what's more bizarre out of all of that? Because I can understand being, like, frozen in fear. The roommates, and, and I don't think the affidavit discloses it yet, but the roommates who found that their friends were murdered, I don't believe came immediately after, right? right? So right. imagine, to your point, you see this dark figure who says, don't worry, I'm not here to hurt you, then killed everybody else in the house. You go back in your room, you lock the door, but you don't think to call 911. Like, there's a lot. It's, it's again... It's a weird... It's a weird... Yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, listen, it could anything be is possible. Anything is possible. But I'm just like, that is, it is strange. But it is strange. And I have to I, I hate to make this a racing, but that couldn't be black people. <laughs> <laughs> you're not sitting around. If there is anyone strange in the house, yeah, we're not sitting around after no. that. It ain't no. even if you're frozen in fear. The no. natural reaction is going to be like, I'm going to call somebody. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm definitely calling somebody. I don't know I'm if I would have opened the door. Back to bed? Right. Did I don't know if I would have opened the door, first of all. Like, I would have been like, I might would have called somebody. I would have never opened the door. <laughs> I actually would have opened the door twice. Yeah. If you're hearing things, you know, I might have cracked the door and, you know what I'm saying? But no. Yeah. First of all, I'm sitting in the room with my door locked anyway. That's number yeah. one. Number two, the house door is going to be locked. Yeah. All the windows are going to be locked. Everything's going to be checked before we even go to bed. That's dead. You better, do, we, do we have time for a funny story? Yes, go. <laughs> a, a funny story that's not a funny story. So, okay, I left the house. I was doing DoorDash. I was literally gone for 30 minutes. Alarm goes off at the house. Roommate calls me. Hey, are you home? No. Are you sure it went off? Yes. Okay. So I pull up. I go around the back. See, my window busted out. And I was like, okay. Now, luckily for me, something had said, you know, take the strappy strap. So I took the strappy strap before I left the house. I guess, you know, spirit knew that somebody was going to try me. So like, <laughs> so like the whole time, and he's, my, my, uh, my old roommate still has the ring video, but the whole time, like, I'm on the phone. Like, I didn't hang up the phone. I'm on the phone. Busy. Like, I called the police. Then I called my roommate. And I'm like, yo, I'm on the phone with my phone in my back pocket and my gun to the side, walking up to the door looking, you know. So, and I, and I say that to say, there's no way, like, I don't, it's hard for me to process, like, me being in the house and somebody coming, like, it, it just doesn't, it, maybe I'm just different. I'm from DC, so maybe we just different. But like, I'm. There's no way that that's going to happen. Like, you're gonna like you. You're gonna kill like four people, and then you're gonna walk past me. Like, if the door is open, I'm busting. Like, there's no. <laughs> you're not supposed to be here. I'm shooting anything that moves at that point. So like, I'm shooting like, anything that's not supposed to be here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Any shadowy figures? I'm, nope. I'm not here for the shadowy figures. I'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> Even when my alarm is tripped, I'm nicked up. Okay, right. like it, it just—it's giving. Uh, uh like yeah. there's there's yeah. just no excuses for that. I'm glad that they have a break in the case. Love Carolyn's comment um, that says, "I mean, I'm generally against racial profiling, lol." But white Ted Bundy looking mf for studying criminology in the PN in the Pacific Northwest equals red flag. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for that comment. <laughs> it's definitely giving a red flag. Um, yeah. all right, look, let's take a quick break, but when we come back, 
Um, I do have a couple more topics I want to talk to you guys about. I want to talk to you guys about Kevin McCarthy and his failed attempt to become Speaker of the House, um, as well as I want to dive a little bit deeper into the DeMar Hamlin situation. And I want to talk about what is the NFL's responsibility to its players. Stay tuned. You're watching Clapback Culture. Prosperity in Black America. What will this require? Is Black business prospering? Are we reaching women and minority-owned businesses? How do we achieve earning parity for wealth for our families? Do our children really have access to education? Will our families have choices for our children? Prison pipelines, mass incarceration, tearing our families apart. A healthcare system not accessible to the masses? the disproportionate termination of Black women from corporate America. When will we actually begin to address what's really at play? How do Black people gain more power to help make these changes? This requires a lot of political will and courage. I'm that provocateur of change. I am Cindy Bright. Welcome to Heartbeat. COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in, talked to our lender, and saved our home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHalf.org. That's WashingtonHAF.org. Welcome back to Clapback Culture. Uh, JC, I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to watch uh, where we or Black Love Where We Met, but I love, love, love that season that Trey Holiday has put together. So if you guys want to make sure you guys nominate me and Rodney to go on Where We Met, Black Love, um, I can't wait to I just see another you. season. I Good. So fill, in, fill it in, please, <laughs> okay. so we can get on the show. <laughs> Um, all right, y'all. So real quick, I do want to talk about uh, McCarthy real quick. We ain't going to spend too long on it because I'm telling you guys, it has sucked up the airways all for the last three days. Um, Kevin McCarthy fails on a 10th attempt, I think even 11th before uh, I finish this. Yeah, 11th round of uh, becoming House Speaker. Um, this has not happened in over 100 years since the like 1930s or something like that. Um, and if you guys don't know that Republicans took back the House back in November's midterm election. So really the GOP should be coming together and finding some synergy to say, how is it that we are going to take over and have this kind of control? Well, 20 Republicans reportedly voted against him today and the day before and likely <laughs> tomorrow um, so that he wouldn't become a speaker. And this is crazy. We have not seen this in a hundred years since, uh, you know, the 19, since 1923, there was nine rounds of voting uh, re were required. This is even coming after Donald Trump made a statement that said, it's now time for all of us is now time for all of our great Republican House members to vote for Kevin. Close the deal, take the victory. Well, Trump's push didn't do anything for the dissenters because people still couldn't come to an agreement. Um, and I wanted to bring this up a little bit because I know a lot of people don't understand why this is even freaking important. So let's do a quick little civic lesson, you guys. You guys know there's three branches of government. There's legislative, which has Congress, that's the House and the Senate. House plus Senate equals Congress. That's your legislative side of the government. They make the laws, okay? They, they make our laws and they push our laws, okay? Then you have the executive side of the government, which is our president, vice president, our cabinet, and they carry out the laws, okay? And in most of the federal agencies. And then you have our judicial branch, the third branch of government, which evaluates the law, which is our Supreme Court and all of our other courthouses. Okay, so House Speaker is from the House, House of Representatives, i.e. one piece of Congress. Okay, stay with me. Legislative, Congress, House of Representatives, all the same thing. Okay, I know that gets a little confusing. 
This is important, you guys, because the speaker is responsible for ensuring that the House passes legislation that's supported by the majority party. Now, is this good? Is, is this good if you're a Republican? Absolutely. Well, no, because your 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 party basically cannot come together to make a decision on who is going to be their leader. Now, what, what you also see is that Democrats are like, oh, no, nah, we're good. They have initiated for Hakeem Jeffries. They're good. They're sitting back like we got Representative Jeffries out of the state of New York. We're chilling. You know, they will not have the majority, um, but the Republicans can't get their act together. But in pursuing this goal, you guys, the speaker can use their power to determine when each bill reaches the floor. That's important because if the speaker gets to have the power on when bills, right, the, the laws that they write can hit the floor, then they have a chance to be enacted and then sent off to be in play in our world, in our in our in our United States government system. So this is important. Um, they also chair the majority party steering committee in the House. So that is why this is important. Um, I am obviously not an advocate for Senator McCarthy, but at the same time, I am not a part of the Republican Party and therefore the majority doesn't matter to me at this point. But it is interesting to see the GOP kind of go over this and over this and cannot come to a consensus on who they want to be their majority leader, which shows that there's still a lot of chaos post the Donald Trump era, which is right. kind of two different two different layers of the Republican Party. So. We should see what happens, but um, they need a 220 vote, I believe, if my numbers are correct. Let me check my notes. I think they need 220 votes in order to have the majority. Someone correct me if I'm wrong in the chat. Um, but yeah, this this should be interesting. They're, I think they have recessed until tomorrow. Um, okay, Miss Lockridge, let me know. Is it two, 228? Two, I see two Q. Is it is it possible to stall out? Like if it, like I understand House majority this is the, this and is minority the leader. Well, so <laughs> what if they can't make a decision? Like okay, so if Kevin McCarthy isn't the guy, then they have to nominate someone else. Correct, and that okay. is exactly what they're trying to do. So they're trying to stalemate um, Kevin McCarthy in order to get a new. Um, and I think to get somebody else to be nominated to kind of be put in. Um, and there's a few names being thrown around. <laughs> the funny thing is somebody even nominated Donald Trump in there. So there have been some other nominations um, that have been submitted onto the floor. But, you know, it's a it's a it's a, a interesting process, I should say, watching this. Okay. Um, so because we'll see. It's also interesting that um, ever since Trump, there has been a split in the Republican Party and it's never been more evident since right now. Right. Because it's like it used to be calling Trump to do something would do something. But now calling Trump to do something seems to possibly have hurt his chances even further. So it's like it's interesting to see like you have Trumpers and the Trumpism Republicans and then you just have regular Republicans. Right. Like so you got like super Republicans and then like not super Republicans. It's just like, that's the, that's the dichotomy right now. It's just like you with us or you aren't. Okay, cool. And it's like, you're not enough of a Republican to go Trump, but you're also too much of a Republican to be a liberal or a Democrat. So it's like at that weird kind of place in the middle. Um, and I don't think that's ever happened before. Like not since uh, slavery and the emancipation proclamation. Like, I don't this is, think it's been that. This is such yeah. a terrible, like, view of government that these people can't get their stuff together. Um, the Republican Party, at, like, they look very weak, um, in my opinion, that they can't come to a consensus on who they want their majority leader to be. Um, and in fact, uh, Wanda Lockridge actually just posted in here that he even lost two votes today. I noticed that in the 10th round, I think he went from 202 votes to down to 200. Um, so I don't know. I don't even know. What so he's losing votes, which to answer your question is, is the point, right? So if they cannot find a majority within this nomination, then they'll say, okay, well, who, who do we want? And I think it's Scalise or Scalanti or something like that. One of the other representatives, but uh, John Jupiter says the sad part is the average person doesn't care, which is why I wanted to bring it to the show. Sometimes we do have to talk about, you know, 
the boring stuff um, because this is real and this is important. And if we can't get bills down to the floor and these, I mean, we're just stalling out time that, you know, that we can actually be in session doing something that matters for the American people, regardless of um, your party. Right. I would agree. All right. Well, let's talk about a little something more. Yeah. Sexy. <laughs> yeah. And this is actually not that sexy, but Cavalier star Donovan Mitchell reacts to getting drug tested by the NBA after a performance of a 71-point game. Okay, he did 71 points. I think he did like 50-something points um, before overtime, missed the free throw, and then came back and scored an additional like 15 points to make a total of 71 points. Well... What's supposed to have been a random drug testing throughout the season, he got drug tested after the 71-point game. So that doesn't seem very random to me. Didn't seem very random to him. Does it feel random to you, JC? I think that (laughs) two things can be true at the same time. Um, Mm -hmm. I think (laughs) I think that it could be random. I think that it could it just happened to be that you got drug tested on the night you had a record breaking, you know, game. Also, I think you could look at it as if I was him, I look at it as a compliment. Like, I'm so dope that you want to test me for dope. Like, you know, what I'm saying like that's in my mind. That's how I would view it. Right. Because, I mean, what's your options? You either take the drug test or you don't like you you lose your job. Like, what's the what? Like, you know, I'm saying I, I have a job where I have to occasionally be randomly drug tested as well. So, I mean, like, you know, it's it's a part of it. That's my... But don't that's you think it's kind of shitty if you do, if you overperform or you, like, excel, and then it's like, they're like, hmm, JC, you did so well. We don't give you that drug test. It's, it's a bit of a slap in the face. And, it, and I agree, it doesn't seem random. Um, it doesn't to seem your random. point, though, yes, he should... It, they you know that is a requirement it's policy should you know he submitted to the drug testing he didn't put up you know a fuss about that but his argument is that it just doesn't feel random i had a cute 71 point game now i'm drug tested come on i would like, and then i w- i would also just feel like you know if i'm the head of the head what do you call it are nba player um or nba teams are they owners too or you still call them owners the people that like are the heads of the franchise or whatever. I'm using not using real terminology. Anyway, if I am Mr. Cavaliers, right, <laughs> and I got this, I got this kid that just put up 71 points in the game. I don't want to do anything to make him go anywhere. Like I want you to stay. Um, in my mind. Uh, but I guess also devil's advocate. I also want to make sure that you're doing this completely on your own so that way this doesn't come back to bite me in the ass so i understand both sides of it it's just like you couldn't have waited till maybe like a week later a couple games up like it, it is bad optics the optics don't look good at all the optics the are optics bad. are not good and i think harry jefferson makes a very strong point that they never tested luka donick when he scored 60 points and got 10 rebounds which he says is equivalent to Donovan's 71 point game. So mm. I think because, you know, Donovan is a star player, you know, that th- there was nothing random about this. Uh, Love to Hoop says that's kind I was of a just about to read this. Any play that's out of their body, the league sends a drug test, even the bench players. Yep. So, so they're going to, they test everyone, right? So that's right. making it like feel that it's not, you know, we're just going to test the whole team, but it's, you're, you're so testing for performance enhancing drugs. Because routine you don't random do drug tests. Routine. That's <laughs> a random drug testing. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I would love that. I mean, that would be, uh, it's it's not random. That's BS. Not, I'm calling I'm not, calling BS on that. And I think um, you know, I think you know, performance like this, you know, really should be celebrated. Donovan Mitchell, you know, had a hell of a game. Um, and you know, again, it's 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 even better when you can uh, pass those drug tests and give them the finger. So, yeah. 
We shall see. Um, last comment. They never test any of the white tennis the white players player. after a great performance, but they test Serena every second they want. They got to her legacy. I forgot all about that. They tested Serena Williams so much. Mm -hmm. mm. Food for thought. Food for well, thought. You know, to be fair, there's like 10 black people inside of Wimbledon. So like... <laughs> <laughs> like anytime yeah, we would like, do anything. You're gonna test follow them. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> okay, we're gonna move on to the last topic tonight. And it's about it's about Damar Hamlin. You guys know that he recently on Monday night's game uh collapsed due to cardiac arrest on the field. He um is now doing much better. His condition is improving. He um is awake, alert, writing questions. Um, he still is on a ventilator, so he can't talk. Um, but there's an interesting perspective by a guy named Gary Bush. Um, this video is about two minutes long. I want to play the full thing because he breaks this stuff down. Let's take a look and have a conversation about what is the NFL's responsibility to players after an injury. Let's be keep it real. Why we don't talk about the stuff that matter? This young man, you want to know? You want to know how? How? What this, you need to know about him? He's 24 years old, right? He got a contract for $160,000, that's his bonus, and he earns $825,000 this year. You say, G. Bush, why are you talking about this man's money? Because guess what? He's been in the league two years. That means he's not vested. That means if he never plays another down in his life, he don't get another check for the NFL. Let's be clear about this. You got to play three to four years before you even sniff a pension. So all this heartwarming and prayers and condolences don't do nothing for that boy's mom that, that got to go home, look at her son, and he might need extensive care for the rest of his life. And you know what the NFL will tell you? Well, you know, um, you know, we'll, we'll look out for the people like him. No, you won't. No, you won't. Let, let's talk about the disability policy for the NFL, right? They moved it from $22,000 a month to 4,000 in the last collective bargaining agreement. Did you know that the NFL has a private board that reviews all aspects with their doctors and with, and with their neurologists and their specialists? They can deny benefits even if Social Security deems you to be permanently disabled. The league can come back and they say, you know, the national go the government is a, you know, they're, they're experts, but let's take it over so we don't pay anything out. Only 15% get approved by Social Security. The league says that number should be lower. This right here is the true breakdown of, and this, this is well-researched information. I mean, he pulled the information just a day or two ago. This is really what we're having a conversation about. This is a 24-year-old player who's only been in the year, the league two years, who needs, I think he he said, three to four years in order to receive um, his money. But I really want to ask the NFL, where's the guaranteed funds, right? Where is, you know, this young man could potentially have um, the need for medical coverage for the rest of his life, extensive medical coverage for the rest of his life. There's, you know, we're talking about, oh, his situation is improving. He's doing so much better. Yeah, he's not dead, right? And so anything from not being dead because he died twice on the field, even before he got to the hospital, means that he's improving. Um, but we, we have to have a real life conversation to say, what is the responsibility of these organizations to take care of these athletes after, you know, an injury or something like this, a, a, a fatal injury like this to not only the player, but to their families. I mean, who's going to take care of the, the child's college college tuition? Who's going to take care of the medical bills? Who's going to, you know, 24 years, if he's not allowed to get his pension until he's 55, I mean, what pension did he really pay into in only two years? Yeah, $800,000 sounds like a lot, but not in two years. That's not enough. He's probably got better up to a million dollars right now. That's more right. than his salary. So we really need to have a conversation about guaranteed salaries, guaranteed funds. And there has to be some type of payout for these athletes, putting it all on the line for entertainment. So I, I loved, love, love this breakdown. The clip is much longer. It's about six minutes. It's a six minute monologue on a podcast. 
you guys will be able to find it right on Twitter. Um, and this is not just to black athletes, but all the athletes, you know, black, white, Samoan, Tongan, all of these guys that put it all on the line for the sake of entertainment. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the, the, some of these owners, billionaires. Right. Right. And and all they're thinking about is like, well, you know, when's the team going to get back live? This this 24 years old and he suffered two cardiac arrests. He's not going to play again. Is it? And and correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't the NFL like tax exempt? Well, I, I'm not sure if it's tax exempt or I, not. I, I, I feel like they classified it under the same thing as they do churches. But I just oh, I think oh, it's oh. great. I just think it's interesting that I had never actually thought about like unemployment benefits in the NFL. Like, cause you don't, I guess because of the size of the payouts, I don't think that anyone excluding the players look at this as a normal job, right? Whereas something happens on the job, you get, you know, you can, you can go through the processes to get your, 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 um, your disability or your workers comp or whatever else. I never really, thought about that right because we're talking about these very very large dollar amounts but then you know as he breaks it down is like you know you don't even really get to see the real benefits of that until three or four years i mean on most jobs it's 90 days right like so like i'm just trying to figure out like this is mind-blowing to me because i just i really didn't think about it like that i was like oh wow like what if he can't I didn't play? think about it like that Right, I mean, you're, right. and here's the thing, even if, if you're not getting guaranteed funds, if your contract is not guaranteed, right, that means based on the stipulations of your contract, but it was saying, if I'm hurt, if I am fired, if I'm this, I'm that, this is guaranteed money that I'm going to get. That should be, when we go to work, our salaries are guaranteed unless we're fired, right? right. Like no one's going to come to you and be like, oh, JC, you hurt yourself on the job you're fired or, you know, that would be, you know, you have this disability, right. Or you being discriminated against because you got hurt. So you have workers comp. There is no buy-in for that. And I don't think you need this huge collective bargaining agreement to be able to do what's right. The right thing to do is to make sure that there is something in play for these, these, these men who put it all on the line, men and women, right. Because even in, in female athletes, if you're putting it all on the line, especially in the most dangerous sport being football, right? right? There should be some type of compensation, some plan in place. I mean, look at what, what what do we do for police officers? It's the same thing. I mean, they're going out there and they're hurting. Their bodies are breaking down each, each game. I mean, somebody like Tom Brady, who's been at it for so long, like, I don't know how he's still in such great condition, probably because he's a quarterback. But they're physically using their bodies every single day and putting them in harm's way. And I just don't think um, I think this is a great opportunity and an example to bring up conversations about this in order to make sure that these athletes get what they deserve. Um, And it's, it's also bullshit that if there is an evaluation from the government that says, hey, you are legally right. the dis- NFL can be like nah bro we we nah, the, the not NFL good. can bring in their own doctors <laughs> right. nah we don't think so and i wonder Absolutely. how they are as far as the NFL organizationally speaking tax purposes i wonder how each player is coded right because a player is not going to be paid the same as say i don't uh, uh the hr person Right. And Mm -hmm. so when and this is this is the whole debate and debacle around um, people that do Uber and Lyft and stuff like that is it's like, okay, so this is a 1099 person versus a regular W2 employee. And so because they're a 1099 contractor, we do not have to offer them the same benefits as a W2 employee. So I'm wondering um, just on the paperwork side, like how all of this works for them to be able to. To do that. Mm, right. That is it, such a great conversation there. So and then what there kind are, of CBA, what kind of union do you have that let you take the, that lets you take you down from 22 to 4,000? That's a really like what did you gain and or give up to do that? Like that's a huge amount that's of a, a huge difference. drop. 
And what did you get? What did you get in return for dropping that thinking that that was a better idea? You know, a lot of people are just probably thinking about how can I get my money up front? You know, you're not right, thinking right. about the worst scenario and what happens if I go into cardiac arrest on the field. You're not thinking about what happens when I have this concussion and can no longer play again and things of that nature. So, you know, to your point, there's just there's so many things. This is a layered issue. Um, I do hope there's some more advocacy and support around this to bring um, some more transparency around this, because a lot of guys get into the league and they're just like, you know, I'm here to play. I'm going to ball it out. I'm going to leave everything on the field. Well, don't leave your life on the field. OK, let's not do that. Um, and so we do need to set some parameters to protect uh, these guys who are leaving it all on the line and being encouraged to do so. And left the hoop. All right. Oh, Love to Hoop says the NFL as a league is tax exempt, but not about the, but not sure about the team. Sure. How do you even do that? Like, how was that even, how does that work? Like, I didn't know that there was a separation between the organization and the teams. Like, this is a different pay. Like, what? Like, how did, all of the stuff that we don't really think about when we watch these sports and stuff like that all, uh, like every day all the time. Like, that's that's crazy. We don't think about the human capital in the thing. We just think about Mm-hmm. what we see on tv you know and nope. the entertainment purposes. yes so yeah and we give our thoughts and prayers and our well wishes and then that's it you know and guess what demar hamlin as soon as he gets out the hospital will no longer be a story and nobody will be interested it's also a slow news week um yeah. and you know they're supposed to play the game i get again on sunday i believe so you know it'll be this whole triumphant movement and blah 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 and then that's it yep and you that's what the nfl is probably waiting on so that way they can blow all of this under the rug and not get as much money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much. All right, so, well, that's our show tonight. Before we go, I want to know, JC, do you have any New Year's resolutions that you want to share? Oh, wow. So, yeah, I don't do those. Um, <laughs> I started making New Year's resolutions ooh, a very long time ago. Um, my, I set goals for like a year in advance like i just have maybe like a list of 12 things and so if you break that down that's one thing per month you know and it's not from january to january it's a it's from whenever i start and finish to whenever i start and finish right so my current goal list is june 2022 to june 2023 and then i reevaluate um what about you did you do your did you start it in june are you gonna reevaluate Okay, so you 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 met you set some goals in June, and then you're gonna come right. back and revisit them again in June. Right, absolutely. Okay, that's right, right. that's some that's an annual resolution. We'll just call it your annual goals. <laughs> annual resolution. resolution. Is there anything you? on that list you want to share? Uh, I look at his goals, y'all. We're gonna have I to go back to the door. I got I got my car. Uh, I'm working on getting my property. Um. I'm working on formally establishing the coffee business that I have. Shout out to Small Batch Cold Brew, or Small Batch, not Cold Brews anymore, Small Batch Coffees. And um, I think that my birthday is in like a week. So I had a plan for a vacation that may or may not happen. We're working on that. So yeah, but yeah, you, you, what's your, what's your things? So I love uh, resetting on New Year's. Um, I'm typically a girl that likes to do a vision board. Um, And, you know, I like to reevaluate again on a quarterly basis. Uh, So whether you want to call it resolutions or goal setting, this year I do have a focus, right? And so my focus this year is going to be two things. My professional focus, what I want to do is I would love Okay, Siri, I see you trying to get in this conversation. Um, My professional goals um, this year is I want to create more content. So I really want to be intentional at the content that I create. And I really want to um, even like just taking the clips off of clapback and posting them on my social media. Like I want to be more intentional at getting out the content, creating more content and getting more out to our users. Um, And then a personal goal is I want to get totally debt-free, focus on being a great mommy, balancing mommy, wife, and life. Um, And I'd like to, you know, really kick off my health and wellness, um, start getting back to eating healthy, getting my body back in shape post-baby, 
So I think all of those things I can pretty much accomplish, but I have not done my vision board yet. So I, I didn't get, get that. Could you try again? See, <laughs> see she's all over it. <laughs> I thought Alexa was bad. <laughs> Man, Siri, oh, we are not talking to you, sis. So, <laughs> crazy. Oh, okay. I, I like that. I like that though. That's that's. I'm I'm here for that. <laughs> I'm right here with you with the content thing because the the re the clip the clipping out of the clip. That's that's just. It's a lot of work. I don't think y'all people that don't do this don't understand the amount of work that goes into doing this. Um, Listen, so, I appreciate yeah. you, Cuddy. Cuddy, I, I know you back in the wings. You didn't you clips up every single week, and I don't Absolutely. ever post it. But I appreciate you. And my goal this year is to get it out there. <laughs> JC, when you are not here, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at the OVT network at the OVT network. Um, personal Instagram is JC from the OVT. And if you care, if you really like coffee, you can check out small batch coffees on Instagram, smallbatchcoffees.com. There you go. I'm definitely going to check that out. I can't wait. I'm back on coffee. I don't have to drink decaf anymore. <laughs> well, I'm Jules Jesse. You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at treasure of J-U-L-E-S. Please pull up, follow me, and let me know what you want to talk about next week. Until then, it has been a pleasure tuning or giving you guys a show for Clapback Culture. We'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Stay peaceful. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.